Make more birdies. A bottle of bourbon, a little glass, and some ice. This is not a tip. This is a prescription. Trust me. Mm-hmm. If you don't, you will fall out of balance. Welcome to Birdies and Bourbon. Sit down and have a sip. Welcome back, everybody, to the Birdies and Bourbon Show. Uh, I think we got Scott Stallings joining us today. We do have Scott Stallings joining us today. And uh, Scott, we got we, cheers, buddy. We got a lot of things to get into. Obviously, we uh, just qualified for the U.S. Open uh, in your home state, maybe hometown. We'll get into a little more of that. Um, this live tour. Holy, I mean, talk about dropping some bombs. For people that say golf isn't exciting, uh, <laughs> man, you, you should have been watching the past few days because it's getting pretty damn hot. And, but before we get into all that, um, what do you got in your glass? So I'm on the road for eight weeks. I was texting yesterday. So Jack Daniels bonded. Nice. Nice. Cheers. So, uh, the life of a professional golfer, I thought I was on the road for five days and ended up on the road for eight weeks. So sort of how it happens. Uh, I was seventh alternate for the PGA and I left uh, to go to Byron. Just a couple days of stuff and so I'm going to be home the second week of July. So. I got no idea what's going on. <laughs> yeah, cool. Uh, so, by the way, have you? I know we were texting about what we we're uh, what we we're going to be drinking. Have you had the Jack Daniels bonded before this? He'll be back with us in a second. I, I have tried it, um, and so it's uh, bottled in bond, obviously. So, uh, hundred proof, at least four years old. And um, yeah, it's got to be back in a sec. Uh, yeah, so bottle and bond, at least four years old. Um, it's it's Jack Daniels. Uh, I think it's a better expression than uh, Jack Daniels old number seven. Um, so I'm probably going to be reaching for this one uh, instead of. I don't really reach for old number seven anyway, but this one uh, it's, it's pretty good, <laughs> pretty tasty. Vanilla, some banana. Um, yeah, it's good, good stuff. Uh, what do you think about the uh, the bottle of bond, JD? I guess like first sip, it's great. I mean, kind of. I feel like it's traditional Jack Daniels. You know, nothing. You know, I think anybody from Tennessee that you know has their opinion on it, good, bad, or indifferent. But uh, say it's not as I don't know. It, it's sweeter and not as sweet, if that makes sense. Um, didn't have that tradition. Didn't have that traditional Jack Daniels bite that's on the back. Yeah, so I, I get, uh, I do get a little more, I do get a little more oak out of this one, and uh, I think uh, to your point, I think it's sweeter on the nose, and I, and most of the time, what I don't like about Jack Daniels is the finish. It's that yeah. really, really think, extreme sweet finish. And, yeah. That one that's like harsh and like everyone that's never had it before, it's like, whoa, <laughs> what was that? <laughs> what, what did, I, I did it pretty good. And then I got it to the back and it was like, I don't, I don't like this anymore. <laughs> uh, well, we'll see how this goes down. I think it's going to go down quite well for me. Uh, but talk about going down. So, so where do you want to go, man? You want to, you want to start with the open or do you just want to, uh, you want to get the elephant out of the room or into the room or around the room? Where, where you want to go? I got questions. I literally do. 
uh, literally do whatever you guys want. I, I think it's cool with how you guys bring together a lot of different ways to look at professional golf and golf in general and tie it together with uh, a good glass of bourbon. I think it would be interesting to see kind of where this, you know, what road we end up on. So I'm, I'm here for it. Okay. So, so I'm, I'm not going to derail the show right off jump street. If I haven't done it already, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to go in a positive direction. And uh, I want to talk about um, the U.S. Open qualifier. The U.S. Open qualifier. Uh, I want to know what course you played. You either played at Lakewood or Royal Oaks. Uh, okay, yeah. so 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 I don't derail this thing like right off Jump Street. Uh, let, let's start with the U.S. Open. So you okay. qualified. <laughs> you qualified the week before. Or the week of Colonial qualified yeah, in Texas, Colonial. Right? Yeah. Yes, and then so you had two choices, right? Either Lakewood or Royal Oaks. Which uh, where'd you qualify at? Or both? No, you, you play, play you play you play both. Okay, and which is kind of, had, which is kind of weird. They're about twenty minutes apart, basically going right through the middle of downtown Dallas, and you have like an hour between your tea times. So wow, good luck. Good luck. <laughs> so, so it's convenient. And so for the folks that don't know, uh, I mean, obviously, you know, you've got your PGA Tour card, uh, you know, weren't previously qualified. So you had to play in the Monday qualifier. What's the I mean, it, are you just rubber stamp that if you want to go qualify, you get to go? Or is, is there a prerequisite for you to actually be able to make it to the qualifier? It's like PGA Tour card holders. Uh, something about the, the length of time you've played on tour, top 500 in the world, uh, something about the amateur. I don't really, I don't know. The, if, if you can figure out the USGA, like, I don't know if there's enough in this model for that conversation, <laughs> but um, like they changed the rule on the alternates when we were there. So used to like, if you were an alternate for a, a sectional qualifier, you would just automatically sign up for a, a tour site. Cause you knew a guy was going to miss a flight or a guy was going to play bad, miss a cut. Like you were going to have guys withdraw. Well, we had Andrew Landry's been battling an injury and he was supposed to be in our group. And so I go meet this like 16, 17 year old kid that's the first alternate for the group. And I was like, Hey, I'm Scott. Like, looks like you're going to be playing with us. We're second off teeing off at Lakewood. And I go, and he's, I mean, you could tell this kid's amp, man. Like, <laughs> like he's getting ready to go, like have a, have a day and who knows what can happen in just one day of golf. And, uh, about 30 minutes later, a USGA guy comes up. He's like, yeah, he can't, uh, he's not playing in your group. And I said, well, he's the first alternate. And he's like, well, uh, Andrew Landry was already exempt into sectionals or what they call final qualifying now. Right. Uh, so they basically a locally, a local qualifier that makes it to sectionals has to withdraw from that site for that person to get in. So basically like the idea of an alternate is like it's over like doesn't exist right yeah yeah the dream is dead um so and i mean but we saw some usga guys obviously at Muirfield last week there was a lot of people there um from all walks of life and anything regarding the world of professional golf so um I saw a USGA guy. I said, man, y'all literally like missed the boat there. You either need to get rid of them all or figure out a different way. I know it's a thankless job. Like I'm not saying I have all the, but just kind of a bad look. You play tour sites, you know, nine and 10 guys short for more spots than anywhere. And you don't try to backfill the field with people who are ready and willing to play. And, you know, you know, kind of, 
earn their right to play in the event. So I don't know. I, I don't have the, all the answers, but it's just kind of a weird scenario. But long, long story short, uh, started at Lakewood, shot for wonder, went to Royal Oak, shot for wonder again, birdie the last hole, was uh, very fortunate to avoid a playoff and, um, you know, feel a very excited to be headed to Brookline next week. Awesome, man. Congrats. Yeah, for yeah. sure. That's yeah. Awesome. It- yeah, yeah, absolutely excited for you. It's so, and and obviously, you know, with the tour event, you've got uh, you know there's a lot of activity going on going on during a regular tour event. You've got you know two two rounds potentially four rounds of golf. You know that you're that you're getting into, you know, with the qualifier, you've got you're playing 36 in a day, which again for a professional mm-hmm. golfer, you wouldn't think that that's you know you should be able to. I mean, I can play 36 in a day. I'm, playing, I'm going to try and play 100 at Sweetens in a couple of weeks, and so we'll see how that goes. <laughs> Um, but I mean, are you approaching that any different? Because obviously it's like, like you got, you got to bring your shit today, right? Bring it today, bring it at both, both 18s and you just score as low as you can. So it is, is it, does it really change your mindset from, from a professional player? Are you just out there just, you know, attacking pins and just trying to score? Is there, you know, are you, are you strategizing kind of the way you would on a normal week? I mean, what is that kind of? the 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 mentality of going into that qualifier what's it look like 36 is a little bit different than 18 18. no 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 we're we're good so here's where we uh here's where we got to we got to um we were talking about the kid uh and we were talking about uh the alternate thing was kind of dead uh or kind of done you know you need to change it up you'd you saw the usga guy at uh at colonial okay. i guess and and kind of kind of hash through that stuff with him so we, we can fast forward a, a minute if you want to and and or or if the, you needed to add some more to that story no i mean i'm, I'm happy to to finish that off if i need to if uh i mean wh- whatever needs to happen I, I think we're probably okay on that one i think you ended a good spot i mean basically it was the dude doesn't really jive out and work out right yeah, absolutely. I mean, it just—I I felt like it was a bad look. I mean, you're taking these guys' money. You gave them an opportunity to try to qualify for an alternate, and they go to the spot. There's guys withdrawing from the event, and they're not filling the places. So let's fast forward. Let's go. Let's go to Brookline. Uh, it, hometown just outside of there. I, I know you've been in East Tennessee for quite some time and spent, I guess, most of your life there. But uh, but you grew up pretty, or you were, you were born right, pretty close to Brookline. Yeah, I was born in Worcester, uh, probably 45 minutes south, maybe an hour or so, um, you know, kind of give or take, obviously with New England traffic. But yeah, all my mom's side of the family's up there, uh, near and dear, moved in Tennessee when I was three. But man, spent so many summers and winters uh, up in New England. My grandparents, aunt, aunt and aunts and uncles, my sister lives just north of the city, so you know, for, for more or less like this, maybe my one and only chance to play a major championship in New England, um, you know, a place very near and dear to my heart. So to say that it was important to be a part of it would be an understatement. That's awesome. So, so what do you think about the course? And, and, and before you kind of dig too deep into that, uh, so I was taking a look and it's been, uh, it's been some time since we've had a PGA professional tournament here. I think, uh, what in like 2013 or so, uh, Matthew Fitzpatrick won the, yeah, you, yeah. Won the am there. Uh, so looking at this place, man, it's like, uh, and, and where I'm, where I'm heading with this is 
you can have an opinion on the course, but really where I want to go is what do you think the USGA is going to do with the course and, and, and what's it going to look like? So we've got, uh, what, over 7,400 yards, maybe 7,500. You're going to have holes that are 130 yards, which it looks like it's going to play quite a bit less than that because it's uh, 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 of the elevation on number 11. Uh, elevated greens, you go to 14. You've got, what, almost a 650-yard uphill par 5. Uh, kind of old school, should play fast and firm, depending. It's getting a little bit of rain right now, so but I, I'm sure they'll be able to dry it out if they need to. But what's, what's uh, Scott's take on uh, Brookline and then what the USGA is going to do to kind of trick it out? Well, I mean, with them, your guess is as good as mine. I feel <laughs> way more confident in them than I ever have, just the fact that Jason Gore is going to be the one setting it up. It's one of the best decisions they ever did. Um like a guy setting up a golf course should be one that's actually had to try to hit the shot under the gun and understand like, man, is this actually doable? Instead of, man, I think this is a good idea. <laughs> and then you go out there and you're like, uh, that wasn't it. <laughs> so, um, uh, I've, I've never actually played Brookline. I've only been there once. Um, and you know, played golf all over new England. Uh, it's kind of one of those that never really happened. I mean, you know, being there as a kid, you know, in and out, I mean, I, I played everywhere, mostly New Hampshire, Southern Maine, uh, stuff like that, where aunts and uncles and grandparents live. Um, but as I, you know, kind of more or less turned pro and spent a little bit more time, it was always TPC somewhere out there towards the Cape, you know, somewhere a little bit further north. So look forward to being there. Obviously watched the the Ryder Cup there in 19, you know, pulled some notes and stuff from guys and watched some videos from 2013 and when the AM was there. But golf is totally different. The way people play, the way everything is. I mean, yeah, it's cool to look at as far as to familiarize yourself with the actual golf course. But for more or less, I mean, it's a completely different animal and golf's played in a completely different capacity than it ever has or, or ever will be. I mean, I don't know if it's ever going to go back the way it was. Yep. And okay. I'm giving some key insight, insight here, and I'm unsure if you heard any of that. We did. We heard it all. Oh, man, that's amazing. My, this technology is driving me insane. I don't know how y'all do this all the time. <laughs> Cal, are you there? I don't know if he can hear us. <laughs> I'm, I'm here, but I'm not getting, uh, not getting any volume. No, oh, I heard everything he said. Can you hear Oh, yeah. well, filibuster for a minute. Filibuster. I'm, I'm probably one. I'm probably. I'm probably one screwing this. He's whole thing messing up. the whole thing up. He's messing the whole thing up. <laughs> so when you, um, Scott, when do you plan on going into town uh, next uh, Sunday? Right. This coming Sunday? No, I'll go uh, Saturday. Um, my family and I are on vacation. It was kind of a planned week off. Whether I got in the open, I was going to have two weeks off. If not, I was going to one week off. Uh, so down here, 30A, um, watercolor, Rosemary Beach area. Mm. And so I've been playing and practicing at Camp Creek um, and, you know, kind of getting up early, doing my thing, and then being with the family the rest of the days um, while we're here. And then we'll head up on uh, Saturday and, you know, kind of get back to work. Are you all driving up or are you flying? We are flying. That flying, it would be yeah. quite a drive from uh, the Panhandle. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, nice place. Where, where do you, if you can say, uh, uh, I, I saw, I was looking on Instagram, looked like you played around a golf or two down there. Uh, where'd you play at? 
uh, Camp Creek. Yeah, he, he, he's, he's late to the party, man. Yeah, I think he uh, he had some uh, <laughs> headphone issues there, um, but uh, I think he's back with us now. So yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm back in action. Back in action. I was taking a break and drinking. Yeah, you couldn't boy. see what I was doing. He so was not. He's trying to fix his headphones. Put, put it on pause. Um, so we're good. I, so yeah, I, I did miss some of the Brookline stuff. I'll go back and listen to it. I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to belabor it. But uh, just in case I missed anything on the, uh, all the tickets are gone. I guess everybody's. Uh, you got all the 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 U.S. Open tickets allocated. I, I don't need one. I'm just man. Somebody I, that did one. Man, man I'm, we're we're looking for more. So uh, you know, it's funny how you, I mean, not my first time. Uh, playing in a major, you know, where you have close proximity to friends and family, but you know, definitely uh, reached out to some other fellow players that are not from or anywhere from the area and said, "Hey, can I take yours? Can we buy them? Can we do this? Can we do that?" And so, you know, just kind of something you'd rather deal with beforehand, and then you know, kind of once you get to the event, let everything kind of take care of itself. <laughs> yeah, sure. So this will be your third U.S. Open, right? Yeah, played Marion and Shinnecock, and so yeah. big number three. So, any um, like, are you doing anything? Di- well, I mean, you're on vacation, so that that's a good way. You should be back rested and ready to go. Uh, but it, I mean, is there any like? I, I guess I just answered the question. You're on vacation. You're going to be back and ready to go. But it, what, what's the prep <laughs> look like? Because you knew a couple of weeks ago, right, that you were going to be there. Uh, what, what's yeah. A- anything? Yeah. I mean, a little bit of it, you know, take a few days off uh, after, I mean, I played 11 of 12 weeks. So it was time to get away from my clubs for a little bit. So uh, I practiced with my coach, Scott Hamilton. He came and met me. He's got a place over in Fairhope. So we kind of met halfway yesterday and practiced. And then just fundamental stuff, man. Make sure you kind of get everything pointed in the right direction, you know, seeing the shots come out of the right. And then, you know, it's hard to mimic major championship conditions, but just kind of understanding that like you need to have, you know, all your stuff shirt up and then you kind of adapt to, you know, what the course is asking for and, you know, kind of sort of more or less be ready for anything, but kind of expect long, rough, fast greens, tight fairways, and, you know, a lot of patience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which looks like it. So if I looked at this correctly, uh, you, do you have the longest drive on, tour this <laughs> season Did, is it is that accurate or i mean I, yeah i'm looking through here and i'm going okay yeah. and hey, you know, there's, what, what? There, there's no there's no pictures on a scorecard man like <laughs> it, it doesn't matter how you get there as long as you get there <laughs> like um and then my ball hit the cart path on the 15th hole at uh phoenix at, at no minimum of 100 times Wow. Um, it was, was, it, hit, was it like 450 yards or something? Isn't that what it was? I had like 463. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, don't I, forget I those extra exactly, 13. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, but, I mean, it was one of the most bizarre things that, <laughs> like, it, it was that, you know, with kind of the island par five, number 15 at, at Scottsdale. Sure. Like, I hit yeah. it right, but I, like, I pounded it. And it landed on the downslope of the cart path, and I mean, somehow avoided cactus and desert and people and everything. And it just started rolling down the path, and it ended up basically just left of the path in the rough to a back left pin. And I had sand wedge into a par five. <laughs> um, so, 
yeah, that was it. He pulled, but, he pulled the David you know, Sims. Just like if, it, yeah, but just like if I, if I, you know, hit a, a wedge and it hits the flag and goes in the water, I mean, that still counts. Yep. Yep. Like, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Too, I'm with you. I feel like you're. I feel like you're doubting me a little bit. I mean, I was hitting that thing pretty good. No, I'm not. I'm not doubting you at all. And I didn't know the story. I did not know that it hit the car path that many times. No, I'm thinking about number 14. And and listen, I think you know. There's obviously and you know there's some consistency in your game, and and you're you're driving the ball. You yeah, you hit it out there. You know, really well. But I'm going like shit, man. If the, if you if you got a, another one of those in you on 14, uh, on that you know uphill par five, I mean that like that that's the time you want to bring that baby out. And, and where I'm really going with this or heading here is what do you what what part of your game are you feeling really good about now that you think is going to help you kind of you know get around Brookline. Man, I think just a little bit of patience and experience. I mean, that's not trying to give you a cliche answer, but I mean, you know, top to bottom, I've definitely had kind of hot and cold uh, moments throughout the whole course of the season. But, you know, my good weeks, I've kind of been able to match it all up. Um, just, you know, basically tell people I'm like 65 or 66 holes away from winning a tournament. You know, I have like, you know, and that's not just all bogeys. You know, that's, you know, on the fringe on a tough par five and two and make a par, you know, you know, a couple wedges that, you know, should have been, you know, closer than they were and, you know, or or a three putt here and there at an inopportune time. So, you know, understanding that, you know, throughout the course of the season, it's been pretty good. I'm roughly about 60 in the FedEx cup, you know, kind of moving my way, you know, you know, kind of gearing up for the playoffs and, and kind of understanding the events are kind of coming my way, but, you know, a little bit of, I, I feel like I'm older and wiser than I was and kind of understand what a week looks like going into it. Don't really burn yourself out and understand that once you hit that first tee on Thursday, anything can happen. Hey, Scott, how long, uh, absolutely. when you come off the course, how much do you look at in terms of like stroke gain type numbers versus actually just knowing what's going on and just correcting it that way? Are you more of a data guy or are you more on the, um, the feel side? Uh, probably a little bit of both. I use the data to kind of help structure practice and prep, but use my feel for, you know, kind of, man, I've done this long enough. I kind of know, you know, what, what needs to happen and what not needs to happen. And when you see like that strokes gain putting, it's like a, like a crazy plus number and you hoop like a 50 footer and you're like, all right, well, that doesn't count. (laughs) Yeah. You made it and you gained, but like, it's so skewed. It's like my driving, you know, I hit one 450 and I'm the longest guy on tour. It's like, I'm not the longest guy on tour. Like I just happened to black out and hit the car path a bunch. You know what I mean? It's like, Um, So, you know, you could definitely get paralysis from analysis, but I I love having there. I got an unbelievable guy who would be a a great guest for you guys, Hunter Stewart. He's, I mean, if I'm like Luke Skywalker, I'm not even Luke Skywalker. I'm like Ray in Star Wars. You know, like I'm kind of wandering in the desert, hoping someone's going to come guide me along in the bourbon world. You got it. You've got it. You just need to be found and molded to turn it into everything yeah. that it can be. Like, yeah. So, you know, my man Hunter is is Yoda. Oh, like, oh, hold on. So, can, is, so if you'll make the introduction, 
but then Absolutely. can Hunter can Hunter break down like your stats and how he looks at your stats uh, specifically? Uh, uh, or he he can break down courses. He can break down myths of strokes gained and gambling and 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 not necessarily he's technically frowned upon giving picks, but he can give you certain data points that would help. Uh, you point you in the right direction on what would lead you to make a better choice rather than a poor choice. Does that make exactly. sense? And to be honest, in the world of golf that we live in today, like everything that I just said could be completely false in the next 36 hours based off of the news cycle and what's happening and, and everything uh, going on. So who knows, but Hunter helps me uh, perfect example. We're in colonial and I felt like, my short sided bunker game, you know, kind of like the up and overs, uh, like mm-hmm. high loft, high speed kind of shots were, were really lacking. And he said, well, I can tell you that your short side bunker shots inside of 10 yards, roughly around the greens in the last six weeks, this is how many you've hit. This is your strokes gain percentage. He said, you know, you're right on par. He said, but if you're really going to spend some time practicing, this is what you need to practice. And so that's where I feel like the data can really help point you in the right direction. When in my mind, I'm like, man, I got to get in here and grind. He's like, well, you really haven't hit this many of them. And when you have, you've actually gained. So like, why are you beating yourself up over a shot? You know, players are so much, you know, I, I pull upon that one shot. Like, man, I knew I had it. And I just didn't pull it off. You know, and that's what resonated. So then, it, you know, you kind of go down this rabbit hole of, oh, man, I, I got to work on this. I got to work on this. Instead of, man, I just got to execute a little bit better next time I'm in the situation. Instead of thinking about the other 10 other shots that I hit that I did pretty good. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so that's why I feel like that, I feel like having somebody like Kim can definitely help, you know, reel you in. And he sat with my short game coach and I, Timmy Overton, at, colonial and he said guys this is what i see this is what i think you need to work on and like it's great you want to clean up the technique or a little bit of delivery he said but like this is like five minute conversation and you know let's go do something else and he was exactly right so i mean he's been tremendous to me uh and my swing coach scott hamilton which would also be another guest which would be amazing i mean you would definitely need an interpreter as far as with his southern draw but unbelievable guy as far as just dealing with golf and pros and teaching and technology and kind of everything that goes into teaching the best players in the world. So, um, not, not so, so fast, and, sir. Not, not so fast. Not so fast. Uh, I also speak hillbilly. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> that, you're definitely, you're, you're, you're definitely going to need it. So you have Hunter who's from Kentucky and Scott who's from Missouri, but he's been in Georgia for a long time. And basically, between the three of us, there's a lot of sayings, if that makes sense. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, uh, I, I grew we, up with a lot of sayings. Yeah, we got a lot of them. <laughs> so, uh, but anyway, so, I mean, that's kind of the, the, the best case scenario as far as, you know, the, the way to look about it. And, and nice to have someone like him to kind of help reel you in, you know, instead of sending me or sending myself down a rabbit hole that I don't need to be on. It, is that? And I know. Uh, I know we got to probably uh, not wrap up, but we we got to be uh, courteous of time here. So, but when you're talking about the data side, I mean, is that kind of like the you know when you hear tour pros talking about like what's a good miss? Is that kind of where the data mm-hmm. leads you to? Is like, hey, no, no, no. Here, here's your miss because that's gonna if you hit it 
spot on. If you, if you nut it, you're going to be good. But if you miss, it's going to leave you in the spot to where we know the data supports you're going to be able to execute that shot to recover. Yes and no. Um, a lot of data is based off of, you know, the, the course and the holes and the specific shots in, the specific shots in general. But we kind of compare that compared to my current game compared to what I've done in the past and compared to what the winners have done. And I mean, so mm-hmm. it's a very convoluted answer to say yes and no. Mm-hmm. no, no so, I, I got you. you know, yeah. basically, basically like long story short, I've never played good at Silverado and uh, which is in Napa mm-hmm. and Hunter basically said, man, I'm going to try to give you a, an opportunity where you're going to hit, as many shots from this bucket of yardage, which you are one of the best guys on tour at, he said, so, but I'm going to change some of your tee shots. Some of you are going to be way more aggressive and some you're going to be way conservative, but you're going to hit out of this area like 19 times or something for the week based off the pin location. Right. He said, if I put you in this thing 19 times out of 72, he said, and you just like keep the train on the tracks like you're going to have a chance to win. And I, I, I shot one under the last day and I finished sixth. And you're talking about a guy that, I mean, my best finish ever, there was maybe like 40th or something like that. Yeah. And just by, just by building a, a plan for a golf course based off of what I do, instead of me trying to adapt to something, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. It, it, it does. I guess so. my, uh, you, you made a comment. So three top tens this season, seven top 25s and, and, and in, I guess kind of staying with that theme, is it, is it hard to stay to stay on the plan? I mean, do you ever like, here's my plan. And and so you're saying, we're going to hit it here and we're going to hit it there. Here's what we're going to do. Driver this hole, we're going long iron this hole. And then you just get out there one day. Maybe you felt really good on the range. I'm, I'm making this positive. You felt really good on the range. Uh, you know, you, you go through the first couple of holes and it's like, Hey, I, I got to change this up because it's just, and, and it's golf, right? I mean, some days, you just have it and other days it's like shit i don't know where it went so is it is is it always a stick with the plan or is it kind of like it's a it's a battle to stay with it you got to use some caddy interpretation as far as ability to uh you kind of fit it in because my caddy would be the first to tell you we ain't got it today or be like man my guy's on stripe like Mm. we might take a chance or two more but i mean you kind of build that in too and there's a lot of trust john and i've worked together for almost seven years so like I mean, he has strong incentive for me to do well. So I'm taking that on the understanding of he's not going to purposely try to mess me up. Um, some some players might disagree with me in that. Some players think their caddies may try to tactfully you know, deter them one way or the other. But I would say more often than not, a caddy has strong interest in the player's success yeah. uh, based on the shot and the tournament. So... Um, you know, kind of give you the same caddy will pull you off and be like, man, I know but this is where this ball has got to be. And, you know, it takes a little bit of discipline and, and understanding, you know, to be able to do that. It's not as easy as it, as it, I make it. Well, sometimes you want to get up there and just whack driver because you're frustrated. And I mean, we're not 16 anymore. So, but still, I mean, tour pros make, make, yeah, tour pros make some of the dumbest mistakes ever. We're not, we're not geniuses. We just make, we just do a little bit better, a little bit more often. Mm. 
Yeah, well, I'd, I'd say a lot better. Yeah, but it's, I mean, it, for, you know, the, probably anybody that uh, is listening, right? They play golf before and it's a, you hit a shitty shot on this hole and it's the next hole. It's like, hey, I got to get that worked out. Now I think I got it. I think I can fix it. I think I, you know, and it's, and to, you know, when, when you've got, when you got a check on the line, right, then uh, it's uh, probably not the right time to work things out. But, um, okay. So, so I know we, uh, we got to, we got to wrap you up here soon and we could talk probably for another hour and a half about, out, uh, about what's going yeah, on in the I, golf world. Yeah, yeah. Let's. We need to recap. I'm on the road for a couple more weeks, and I'm going to be home the week after John Deere. And I owe you guys a full attention video. We'll go. At, we'll we'll pull something nice out of my home collection, not some random liquor store I found on the highway in Florida. Um, and we'll really dive in and get in there deep. And I'll give you as much time as you guys want. So I apologize for this technology staff move. No, no, no. I'll, I'll, I'll go, man. We're, we're all good. Hey, Scott, real uh, quick, I can't, real quick. I can't Scott, let you go yet. I can't let you go. We got to talk. We got to talk some live tour stuff. Hold on, Scott. Don't feel bad about the technology. Uh, just think about what I have to go through, like on a daily basis with Cal. Trust me, this is nothing compared to what I put up with yeah. him. He's, he is a train wreck when it comes I, to technology. I can imagine. Yeah. <laughs> I can just, imagine. Just saying, just saying. Uh, but we will take you up on that, and I would love to get. Uh, I'd love to be celebrating a victory next mm-hmm. uh, after next yeah. week, and and talking about uh, you know. And if I, I don't know, how, I don't know how superstitious you are, but if it's not a if it's not a victory, a top ten. I mean, hometown. I'm thinking like you know, c- come on, man. Let's uh, let let let's tighten up and get it done. Um, yeah, man. So, no, no, no more time like the present. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay. So, uh, live tour. If, if you, even if you this, don't this know anything about, this, this, this needs its own time. <laughs> uh, g- give me. I know. Give me. Give me. Give me some. Give me some tidbits. Let, let me ask you a couple things. Um, I'm sure you, we don't need to go through all the other players that have said yes and all that stuff. Um, but what do you think that there, so out and, and so it's not a political show. It's not a religious show, even though we may be both. Uh, but, but I just want to talk about it from a true golf aspect. If, if we can, what do you think that they did right? And, 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 and not financially, I'm talking about just the setup and the structure of here's how the tour is going to, here's what's going to happen when you show up on Friday to play around the golf. What, what do you think they did? Right. I think they just showcased golf in a completely different format, a little bit of like, I mean, we've seen like how well those matches have done, um, to show a little bit more personality in the game and understanding that, you know, we are human beings. We all have unique stories. We have unique golf swings, like everything, but we actually, we all do the same thing. We play golf for a living. And, um, I think kind of to piggyback off the top of that, it, it kind of, you know, people, whether you're a fan of, you know, car, car racing or F1 or anything like that, but you got to see in that, you know, Netflix documentary, just the very unique personalities and kind of goes into a competitive sport of horse of car racing and, and, and kind of put it back in together and like, man, what if we did that in golf? And obviously the tour did a deal with Netflix and, um, be interesting to kind of see what that turns out, especially with the climate that's happened with all the live stuff. But to, as a fan of golf, taking myself out of it and seeing what they're doing, you know, a 
it's easier to follow. It's easier to understand. There's not as much of it. Um, every tournament matters. You know, like I missed a cut last week at Muirfield. I'm getting ready to play three more after an off week. Like, yeah, that sucks that I missed a cut, but like just the way that we just have so much, which is not a bad thing. But just a little bit of a of a different format for your casual fan. Like a, a diehard golf fan loves the tour, and I love the tour. I just think that uh, if we're truly trying to grow the game and show it in a different format, I think they did a great job appealing to you know something that you know might be a little bit more entertaining rather than you know you. So if you come and watch me and I'm first off at seven and you're coming to watch Jordan Spieth that tees off at one thirty, you're at the golf course the entire day. Right. Like maybe you're, maybe, you're, you're maybe even like, longer than you are. Oh, wait, I've gone, I'm gone. And you're texting me like, I'm waiting on you for dinner and not, man, I'm trying to watch Jordan putt out. He's on 14. I'm like, man, like, yeah, I'm, I missed you. Like, I, I, your food's getting cold, bud. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I think that, and I think like, you know, just to, to showcase a little bit better way to, to see the game. And, you know, I think the shotgun starts a little weird, um, uh, there's so many different, you know, comments and critiques that I would have, but I'm not the one doing it. And, um, you know, I know guys left and went and played for a bunch of different reasons, but I think as a general golf fan, if you are truly trying to see golf in a different light, like this would be a different way to see it. And then a little bit more of an exciting way, the team aspect, I think is super cool. Um, I don't quite understand the draft part, as far as like how you're going to have this team final after eight events where you're going to basically essentially have seven different team formats with all the different guys coming and going and, and this and that, like as a player, I just think someone's going to get totally screwed. (laughs) Like someone's played all these tournaments. They didn't know what team he's on. Like that's, that's weird to me. Um, But I, as a overall idea, I think it's totally different than what the tour does. The tour provides, you know, 72 whole events, uh, great courses, great sponsors, unbelievable places all we, everywhere we play all across the country. And I think this is just going to showcase golf in a completely different way. Well, you know, good, better, and different critiques. Yeah. Uh, critiques uh, uh, are abundant on, on positives and negatives all around. I just think it's one of those things that, you know, we'll see in a few days after this first event goes and how the tour responds. And your guess is as good as mine as far as what they do. Yeah. Uh, but in 12 years on tour, I saw more tour employees in one event at Muirfield Village than I've ever seen in 12 years. And that includes the player championship. Huh, really? Hmm. Wow. That's interesting. Well, all hands on deck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, no, understood. Yeah. I, I think that's a fair assessment, right? I mean, I don't know that there's a. You know, I mean, I know that, again, not not, you know, politics and 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 morals aside, I know that's kind of a hard thing to say. But, you know, j- just in looking at it, I mean, it kind of looks a little more, you know, if you're not like a like at us. Right. And you're just consuming and looking to create content and, and get stuff out. If you're truly just watching it for recreational purposes to- and that's all you're doing. I mean, it's got to kind of be. A, I mean, I, I think that it's more cons- it's easy. Ease, easily, it's easy. It's consumed more easily. I'll get it out in a minute. Uh, that you know than than otherwise. 
And, you know, the other thing I'm thinking, too, is like, you know, from the from the rounds, right? I mean, you go from four to three rounds. I mean, is that a good or a bad? Which, so if, if let's say and you can just start talking about something completely different if you don't want to answer. But let's say the PGA Tour, they're, they're and I, we don't know what they're going to do. They're going to do whatever they're going to do. They're going to say what they're going to say, and they're going to make whatever changes they're going to make. Um, but let's say that they look at this and say, hey, well, maybe we need to do something. I don't think it's going to be knee-jerk, but if it's like, well, why are we playing for four days? We should play for three days, and maybe majors or whatever stay for four. I mean, d- do you care one way or the other? No, I don't really care. And I, I know that ultimately, like, the best player over the course of what we now have is four days. The best player ultimately, you know, 54 holes, especially like, I mean, I was talking about the 36-hole qualifier. Anything can happen in one day of golf. So, I mean, I mean I'm thankful I'm, that I'm, thankful I'm not that I'm the not, one that is making the decision or making the changes, but I know that changes are coming. Um you know, way higher than my pay grade <laughs> on tour. And I know that there's a ton of conversations that are being had. Um, but I, it'll be interesting to see how the tour kind of pivots their business model as far as the how they present, um, you know, week in, week out, and kind of how that affects the partnerships and kind of everything that encompasses what they do uh, as a business model. So uh, I think it, it, as a player, it's exciting to go out there because basically we're told a hundred different things every single day and, you know, the gossip wheels turning and, you know, who knows? And as you've seen everything on social media, like something's happening, seems like every second and it, it's only going to get more as these events continue to take, take place. Are you nervous at all as a, uh, I mean, you, you've, you, you know, I, I'm sure that, uh, you know, things can, uh, you can always put yourself in a better situation and, uh, but you, you know, career earnings, you know, pr- pretty good. It's public knowledge. It's out there on the PGA's website, but are, are you nervous at all with, with how this could, uh, the direction I'm not, I'm not saying, I don't think the PGA will ever be unseated, right? I think the PGA tour will always be the PGA tour, but is it, does it create any, you know, any like, uh, Anxiety. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think there's anxiety. I think they're like, I mean, I'm going off what I know, not what I hope. And I mean, I could tell you, I, like, we could get into some deep bottles as far as what I think is the perfect scenario, but that doesn't, like, hypotheticals don't work for anybody, right, and especially someone that plays. But I think that understanding that there's some change that probably should happen, like the old way of doing things in terms of, you know, when they did the, uh, media rights thing with the tour, you know, that rules and regs was written way before social media, way before TV contracts in the billions, like way before all this and that, where, you know, the players needed TV, the, you know, they needed to be showcased, you know, on CBS on Sundays. Now guys, I mean, guys have bigger followings through, you know, whatever it whatever outlet they choose to use than cbs could ever have if that makes sense it's true and so just a way of looking at it and coming alongside is like man like a revamp of you know taking our current product and tweaking it a little bit more you know and I, i think that was probably phil's biggest thing um you know 
with understanding that any time that you play as a, as a PGA Tour player, you play outside of the tour, your media rights are still basically given to the tour. And that's kind of where this all took place and understanding that there's a cost that's attributed to that. Like when you do the matches, they had to pay the tour for the rights for that. Yep and this and that and he's like well i'm the one that's bringing attention to this you guys are not and he's like well you signed your media rights over to the tour and that's kind of when everyone's like all right like that that thing was written who knows how long ago before even like if you asked a person in the 80s what twitter was they were just like look at you i mean you're like speaking a different language twitter's like uh maybe you know, it's like uh, the Roadrunner, yeah. not the, the Tweety Bird. You know, the the, the the Looney Tunes character. Yeah. So I think with that perspective, or th- just looking at it in that lens, like it will probably push the tour to make some changes that probably should have happened. They probably would rather it happen later rather than sooner, and the players would rather happen sooner rather than later. So it'll be very interesting to see how it takes place, and I'm very happy that I'm going to be out there to to watch it take place. And, you know, I got my popcorn ready, as everybody says. <laughs> well, you, you, awesome, you bring man. up a good point, Scott. I mean, you know, it's the, the lifelong age of just, you know, competition accelerates progress. So hopefully you get some good progress here. Yeah, absolutely. So, and, I mean, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a huge proponent of – you know, a lot of different things in regarding players, but, you know, give or take, there's probably 200 guys on planet earth that have a PGA tour card. I just don't think that you should have the option as a PGA tour player to lose money. Yeah. And I mean, there's probably 20 guys plus a year, you know, give or take that lose money and they play 15, 20 events on tour. And if you truly classify yourself as a top five sport in the world, like that can't happen, man. Like <laughs> that just can't happen. Yeah, and, I, I, you know, yeah, to, the, totally agree. Yeah, I mean, how how many people maybe miss out on the opportunity uh, because they because they didn't have the financial means? I mean, the things you do with kids on course, right? I mean, it it, it you know, yeah. and that's 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 probably. Yeah, you know, I, I don't say a drop in the bucket, you know, in in demeaning. I'm just saying, in, in you know, once you get to the tour and you got to travel, you got to get have a place to stay, you got to have you know, who knows what your squad looks like that's kind of supporting you and you know, toting you around. I mean, lots of Lots of hands, right, and and hands that are necessary. But uh, yeah, yeah I, I, well, I'm, I'm and, with and, you. Yeah, and, and that's what you're saying. Like you know, I, and and this is a a, a completely different. And I, I think it'd be a good time just to go ahead and schedule myself for the next few weeks. We'll see how these next few weeks pan out and kind of see where it goes. But just a little bit more of a state of the game in regards to you know. In these next couple of weeks would be very interesting to see the progression as far as what professional golf looks like on a global scale and on the PGA Tour in regards to just within the states. I think it'd be very interesting to see kind of what you know reactions, uh, questions. I mean, I'm sure there'd be a million of you know conversations being had about it. But I just think that when you look at it from a player's perspective, like there's so many different things the tour provides so much opportunity uh, on the course and off the course. I just think that there it's a, it's a, a, a great opportunity to kind of pivot the way we've been doing things and adapt to, you know, the, the change in the times and understanding that just because we've done it for so long and done a really good job at it, doesn't mean that we're the smartest in the room. We're the best, like we got to continue to understand how to be better. And this is a great opportunity to do that. 
That's that's the hard thing to change, right? If it's you know, if it broke, don't fix it kind of thing. But it's like, nah, you you, you got to fix it, right? If not, we'd still be uh, sticking our finger in the hole and spinning the wheel on the phone, right? Using my dial-up internet. Yeah. Okay. So I know we got to I know we got to let you go. But before we do, I have one question. I think Dan's got a couple, but I only have one. I've got a lot of questions, but I've pared it down to one single question for Scott Stallings. My question is, oh boy. if so, the live tour. I don't know. You you probably saw that they they had their little names and their actually mm-hmm. it's two questions, but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to work it into one. But they had names and they had logos and supposedly they're going to have uniforms. Oh, hold on, they're going to have Man, uniforms. Those things are bad. <laughs> they're horrible. It's like you gave somebody how much money? You could have carved out like a like a million. Like give him give him one ninety nine and keep a million and and go hire like a, a a graphic designer, a graphic artist, or some kind of creative mind to come up with some shit. Don't let golfers come up with that stuff. That, that that's not what they do. They 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 play golf. So my question to you is two part. I'm gonna give give them both to you at once. And, and don't answer yet. Don't answer yet. Uh, what's your team name going to be? Mm-hmm. That's that's part one. And this is this is when the PGA Tour, when the PGA Tour institutes, hey, we're going to have, we're going to have, you're going to get to name your squad. Okay. So what's your team name going to be? And when they give you uniforms, do you want shorts, pants, or joggers? I have no idea what my team name is. I'm going to try to use whatever money they allocate to my team to find someone way smarter than me, hopefully some type of halfway decent graphic graphic design. I showed my son some of those things, and he thought it was fake. He's nine. Well, Scott, I do want to go on the record, Cal. Cal and Scott, that, you know, we – do you are a member of the show now, Scott? So if you do want to use Birdies and Bourbon, if you do join Live, it's okay. You can use our you can use our name, Birdies and Bourbon, <laughs> for the Scott Scalling team. Okay, that's awesome. <laughs> be a thing. Could be a thing. And I didn't hear it, so I, I think my thing may have cut out. But are you going shorts, pants, or joggers? Shorts, hundred percent. Are you going shorts all the way? So you, you, th- Thursday through whenever I want to wear shorts, I can wear shorts. Yes, hundred percent. I mean, I, like it. I get it the profession, the professional side, but you know, I, I'm gonna wear some shorts. I'm with you. Hey, unless unless it's real damn cold, uh, give me shorts. I, I want to show off these little skinny legs, man. Is it DNA? I got to show them off for a reason, you know. So. Uh, hit, hit him, rapid fire him, Dan. We got to get him out of here. Well, first off, I'd love to see Scott walking around, um, you know, next week, uh, early in the practice rounds with his longest drive t shirt on. Um, definitely got to get, make sure he gets one of those. <laughs> <laughs> but, Scott, have you seen Top Gun yet? That's amazing. I have not seen Top Gun. Are you gonna? Uh, I, I plan to. I've watched the other one in the week of. Colonial, and I didn't get a chance to get to it yet, but uh, I heard it was awesome. Okay, cool. Um, we I, we watched you on YouTube when you um, when you had the PGA meme guy to your house and then did the workout. Scott, Cal, Cal is challenging that. He's actually going to do a longer workout than that guy did. Well, Cal needs to, y'all just need to do a, 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 an at home visit. Oh yeah, we can do that. Yeah, she can do a at-home visit 
and inside we can fix something and you know, thankfully Travis didn't die when he was at my house. Perfect. Perfect. Okay, two two rapid fires for you. We saw you eating barbecue in I think it was Texas after you had a had a good good tournament around good tournament there. What's the best barbecue in the country outside of Tennessee? And second, have you what's your favorite new bottle you've had lately? Okay, best barbecue I've had, uh, Terry Black in uh, Dallas. Mm. Best beef room I've ever had in my entire life. Um, man, the barbecue is a lot of experience. We had a really cool deal with uh, Matt Tippin from Meat Church. He took us on a little bit of a tour. Um, Cancer City was incredible. Uh, unfortunately, they didn't get a chance to make it to Goldie's. Um, they're only open on the weekend, but hope to make it back for in Fort Worth next year. Um, but um, best bottle I've had, I'm going to say that Jack Daniels with you guys today, as much as you're dealing with technology and mid tour and hypotheticals and everything, uh, you know, something new, a uh, little bit uh, non traditional for Jack Daniels to put something out like that. So I like to see progression. And you know, Jack Daniels has made whiskey for longer than either any of us have been alive, and they're adapting to the times and, you know, hopefully, special golf will do the same. Awesome. That's a great answer. Hey, Cal, are you sending Scott a barrel, a, a bottle of our new release from High West? Uh, it's possible. I may just drop it off. Tell, uh, tell him the tell about what it is. Uh, what do we have? We have. Uh, I don't know if we talked about if you like finish bottles. It, so it's uh, it's High West and it's a rum finish barrel, uh, but it's pretty. It's it's actually really good. If you like finished uh, finished product. I like finished products and like I'm okay in rum and stuff like that. I do not. I like wine and whiskey barrels. I do not like whiskey in wine barrels. Like any like port or like sherry or anything like that. That bill yeah, needs yeah. sherry or Madeira. Madeira cast literally spit it out. <laughs> you know, like those. Okay. <laughs> well, hey. So the answer to that, Dan, is no. We no. We ain't sending anymore. No, he said he he likes the but whiskey. The and I actually had uh, Abe answer with his Fletcher Azul, the tequila. Yeah. They're boomeranging uh, some some bourbon in some of his uh, uh, tequila barrels. So we'll look forward to trying that. Ooh. Which would be cool. That is cool. So, might be able to do some trades with you guys. There you go. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's uh, yeah, it's it's a thing. We're we're trading, we're horse trading kind of people. We're those we're those kind of folks. It can happen. It can happen. Uh, I, I got a lot of other things to ask you. We're scheduling another date, and uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe you'll uh, upgrade from dial up. I don't know. Maybe you won't. We'll see. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Maybe you guys come come to Knoxville. We'll put the place off. We'll do some workouts with Jason Bourbon. That's all the plan. That's the thing. By the way, uh, I know that Madamski sent a meme or a picture or something. He did a shirt, and it was of you. And I, we I, we told that we talked about the story at the you know the last time we chatted. Uh, Dan mentioned this longest drive shirt. If I create like, can I can I use that logo? And uh, can I use the U and and incorporate a little birdies and bourbon on there with a little long drive thing? Let's see. Yes, yeah, absolutely. You, you, you have no full permission. That, that 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 contract is bound. Bound. <laughs> awesome. 
Scott Stallings. Scott Stallings. Thanks so much. Uh, thanks for your patience. We appreciate it. Thanks for uh, thanks for let, hey, us trying a new bottle. That's always fun. And uh, you know, in 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 the most sincerest way, man. Um, I'm gonna say play well and also good luck. And may your ball find as many cart paths that send it in the proper direction at, uh, at Brooklyn next week. All right, guys. Thank you very much. And look forward to We'll schedule it uh, when I'm home again and get you guys on the course. Awesome, man. Scott, appreciate it, bud. Thanks, man. Take care. Enjoy Cheers. your vacation. Bye, right, man. Thank you, guys. Thanks.